How many of you out there listening right now like to collect souvenirs? Either from a vacation that you took or just from some experience that you had, you said, I want a little piece of this to help me remember. You know, when I was growing up, my sister Rachel used to collect souvenirs and she always collected the same thing everywhere she went. She collected spoons. My parents uh, also collected the same thing everywhere they went. They collected coffee cups. They have a, my kitchen, my parents' kitchen is full of coffee cups and you can find places that they went to based off of those coffee cups. My dad, you know, once he, went, he once went to Israel and he brought us all back a souvenir. Uh, he brought us back a headdress, turban kind of thing that they used to wear in Israel, but also a, a Coke bottle about this big. One side it had English, the other side it had Coca-Cola, I guess, in Hebrew. And I hung on to that cup, that uh, bottle for a long time. So finally I thought, I'm tired of carrying around the souvenir. I'm just going to drink it and get rid of it. And let me tell you, if you think Coca-Cola tastes bad when it is fresh, don't ever try to drink it when it's about five or eight years old because it was terrible. But souvenirs, they're fun. Uh, you know, when we went on our vacation, we collected souvenirs. Uh, we got Noah uh, a really cool Colorado shirt and we got Caleb a, a baseball cap. Uh, and we also got some other things because not always when you get souvenirs, you always get the same typical kinds of things. Sometimes you want to get the out of the ordinary kinds of things. We got beef jerky uh, for our kids. I know that sounds pretty common, but this beef jerky was either from a, a crocodile, a kangaroo, an ostrich, or a boar. So talk about some out of this world weird kind of uh, beef jerky, but that's what we picked up for souvenirs. What did we get for ourselves for souvenirs? Well, I think we probably got something for ourselves that you've never got for yourself uh, for a souvenir. We got furniture. Because our boys weren't with us, we were able to put things inside our car that we would not have been able to had they been with us. We, th we stopped at this really neat little thrift store on the way home from Colorado Springs. We got a chair. We got some kind of footrest and some kind of big square rectangle thing that we put by the front door to hold our hats and boots and that sort of thing in. But that's what we got, right? We have souvenirs, we love souvenirs. And I bet if you have souvenirs too, all it takes is just one little glance in order, when you look at that souvenir, to take you right back to where that place was that you got that souvenir from. Why do people get souvenirs? Like I just said, it's a memory, right? When I see that, when I see my parents' cup, when, I, when Caleb sees that hat, it takes me right back to that store, right back to that trip of just Leslie and I having a vacation. Well, did you know that there are souvenirs in the Bible? No, they're not spoons, they're not cups, they're not even t-shirts. And if you look up the word souvenir in the Bible, you're not even going to see that. But there are souvenirs in the Bible. You know, one of the souvenirs in the Bible was Goliath's sword. David was running from Saul. And he went to the, to the priest and says, look, I'm hungry, I don't have anything, can you please give me something to eat? But also, do you have any weapons around here? He said, the, the priest says, all I have is this great big sword that was Goliath's. Well, guess what that was? It was a souvenir. Whenever people came around and they saw that sword, they knew uh, what had taken place. And I bet when David saw that, that sword, he remembered instantly the battle that he had with Goliath. 
There's other souvenirs in the Bible. Uh, the Ark of the Covenant. The Israelites were carrying around this, this box and uh, with different items inside around with them as they went through the desert. One of them was the Ten Commandments, but there was inside of that box, the Ark of the Covenant, there was a jar of manna. Right? Remember the manna from when they were in Egypt. Uh, they left Egypt and they're crying out for food and God makes manna fall from the sky. And they don't know what this white stuff is and they say, they call it manna, which means what is it? But they have this souvenir to carry around with them. Also inside that ark was the uh, the staff of Aaron, that rod that hit Buddy. So there are examples of souvenirs in the Bible. But there's another kind of souvenir we're going to talk about today. And it's found in Joshua chapter 4. And it's a souvenir you can find pretty much anywhere. You want to take a guess what it is? It's a rock. Right? That was their souvenir. And I want to tell you about that in Joshua chapter 4. So first of all, they have to have some kind of experience, right? They have to go somewhere, have some reason of an event to try to remember. And it says in Joshua chapter 4 verse 1, When the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan. Now, I want to give you a little background on this. You know, Joshua and Caleb who had crossed, they they'd went to Jericho. And they spied out the land for three days. And then they came back to the people and said, Let's go fight. And the whole nation of Israel left with them and they had their march around the city. Well, this trek, this walking across the Jordan, was between the time when they said they spied out the land and when they actually went to defeat Jericho. It says in Joshua chapter 3 verses 15 and 16, also in Joshua chapter 4 gives us a little bit more information. They didn't just cross the river at like low tide and like it was no big deal. It says that in Joshua 3, 15 and 16, it says, Now the Jordan is at flood stage all during harvest. Right? This was a magnificent feat that God did to get all these people across the Jordan during the flood stage. And it was dry ground. It said, As soon as the priest who carried the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water, it says, All the water that way stopped and all the water there stopped. And it was completely dry so a whole wide group of people can get through. Pretty amazing. That's what I would think. It says in Joshua 4.10, Now the priests who carried the ark remained standing in the middle of the Jordan until everybody had passed by. It says in 4.18, it says, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, back to 4.10, all the people crossed by. It says in 4.18, that as soon as the priest, their feet left the, the riverbed, all that water started to flow pretty amazing experience in life don't you think it's better than a vacation to Hawaii or a vacation to Alaska on a cruise this kind of experience was incredible it was one of a kind something that only God could do that was the experience now they need the reminder this is where the souvenir comes in Joshua chapter 4 verses 2 and 3 it's, they were they were told choose 12 men from among the people one from each tribe and tell them to take up 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan. So you know I told you the priests were in the middle. All the people crossed by. Where there were 12 men who picked up a rock from the middle of the waterbed. And I'm guessing it's not some little rock. Right? We're, we're like men. We want a big boulder. We want the biggest rock we can carry from the middle of the Jordan. Put it on our shoulders and walk to the other side. 
that was their souvenir. They didn't haul it with them everywhere they went, but that was there and it was set up to remind them of what they had just gone through. And why did they, why did they pick up this rock? Why did they take it to the other side? Why did they stack it up? Well, I wanna suggest two reasons. Reason number one is this is a conversation starter. It says in Joshua chapter four, verses six through seven, it says in the future, when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. And when it crossed over, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. And these stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. Now, everybody who went across, they've got this in their mind. This is an incredible experience. But there's going to be generation after generation who have no idea what happened. And parents are going to forget to tell their kids. So when, they, when they're walking by the Jordan and they see this big pile of rocks, they're going to say, that doesn't look like it's always been there. Why was that there? And it's a conversation starter. It's an opportunity for the older generation to tell the younger generation, look what God did for us. Look at this river. Do you believe that that was actually, the waters were parted and we walked through? What a mighty God we serve. That's what they're going to be able to tell them. So the first reason was it was a conversation starter. But the second one, it was to be a constant reminder to these people who crossed the Jordan. Joshua 4.24 says, He did this so that all the people of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful and so that you might always fear the Lord your God. All the surrounding nations knew this happened. They saw that look what all those people did when they crossed the Jordan. They knew that this was the hand of God. But also it was a constant reminder. It was a souvenir for those people to keep into their memory bank that, oh yeah, look at how great my God is. Look at what he did for us and how he helped us to do something otherwise we were not capable of doing. Now, before this point, I really didn't give a lot of thought to what would this possibly mean to me. But as I think about it, I, I, the takeaway from this is that I think it's important for us to have reminders or souvenirs in our lives about what God did for us. Now, maybe it's you, you like to a journal or a diary and you like to keep track. You know, I hear a lot of people talk about the grasshoppers and the drought of 1988. Well, somebody had to write that down. Maybe not the grasshoppers, but the drought of 1988. People wrote that down. Maybe you're the person who wrote down, this is when my child got saved. This is when God kept us from a near-death experience. That's not, that's not typically me, but it's a great idea. Or maybe you just have something that makes you think of some special spiritual thing that God has done in your life. Something he's rescued you from. Some little picture or some little trinket or knick-knack that every time you see that sitting on the shelf... You say, I remember when. So I want to encourage you to do that. When God does something special in your life, journal it. Get, a, get something that reminds you of that because when you're going to go through tough times in life, you're going to need that. That little trinket, that little writing of scripture, uh, underlining in your Bible, it's going to give you hope and, and help you to remember how great God really is. We're going through a tough time right now. There's the drought. There's the grasshoppers. There's people dealing with COVID again. How are we going to get through all of this? We're, we're going to get through this with hope. 
We're going to get through this with Jesus. And maybe you think, you know what, Josh, I'm not one of those people who's going to write this down. Or you don't really believe this idea is really that valuable. Well, let me, let me leave you with the closing verse. It says in Romans 15, 4, Everything that was written in the past, that means all of Scripture, especially at this point, all of the Old Testament that was written in the past, was written to teach us, but also that through the endurance and encouragement of the Scriptures, we might have hope. So maybe you can't look in your life and say, this little trinket reminds me of something God did, or I didn't write it down so that I don't remember. But let me encourage you, when you're feeling down, when you're feeling depressed, when you're feeling like, I can't go on, or I don't understand what God is doing, go to Scripture. It says it was there that it might give you hope. The Israelites, they had the rocks as a memorial to help them remember. We can have rocks in our lives, but we also have the scripture to give us hope. So I just, just want to challenge you to go to God. Go to God's word. Find your hope and your encouragement there as opposed to trying to drown it out by some other means, by a TV or by an alcohol or by a relationship. Go to God and go to his word for the, the, the correct encouragement from the scriptures that he intends for it to be. Thank you for listening. I'm going to pray. I'm, I'm going to just ask God that he would help us to find hope and encouragement from his word. And then I'm going to go eat my dinner. Dear God, I thank you for your word. I thank you that there is so much encouragement in it, God. And there is so much hope in it. God, I know that we go through difficult times in our lives. And I just pray that, God, you would help us to turn to you. To be able to look at a t-shirt that gives us a reminder of something you did. To give us... Uh, a journal that we wrote things in, to look at your scriptures, to see the miracles that you did in the lives of those people back then, and know that you love us every bit as much as you love them. And you want us to have the hope and encouragement from that as well. Thank you for this day, God. And I just thank you for your word. In Jesus' name, amen.